From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day and welcome. Tuesday already, how did we get here? Like that. Uh, a big thank you to Chris Smith. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, lots to uh, do this afternoon. Many people to talk to, including he's back. Yes, I'm talking about Australia's, I was going to say Sydney's, Australia's leading tech guy, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. He's back. He'll be joining us, uh, I think, every week, possibly every fortnight. I'll find out when I talk to him a little bit later this hour. Also, uh, over in the UK, you'll be very excited tonight. I'm talking to David Curtin. He is the leader and the founding member of the Heritage Party over in the UK, and he's getting up very early uh, over there to have a chat with us to uh, tell us what is going on in conservative politics. And I'd love to know why everybody isn't voting for a party such as his coming up to the next election over there in the UK, because God knows if we don't, if we don't, don't address the many problems that have changed and altered our lives and those who come after us irrevocably. And if we don't try and curtail that somewhat at the moment, uh, we are in big, big trouble and a lot sooner than people might uh, realise. You know, we've been saying it's coming for a long, long time. These changes, people don't like them, yet they still go and vote for the two major parties still caught up in this duopoly, this pantomime and uh, falling for it again and again and again. Some people are a wee bit precious, just a little bit precious. And I'm talking about MP Georgie Purcell. Now, who's Georgie Purcell? And why don't you know who she is? Why would you? Unless you think possums are cute or you don't like roadkill because she's a member of the Animal Justice Party. One of those go and get stuffed type votes that you do, or just because you think pets are a lot cuter than a lot of the more serious topics when you go to the ballot box. But she's in there, just like you get people from the, uh, what is it, the hemp or the, you know, the marijuana, you know, that party, who, these two parties together, um, legalised marijuana, I think it is, or legalised cannabis, that's the one. Legalised cannabis party is the name I'm trying to think of. That group gets almost as many votes as One Nation, for example, almost as many as the United Australia Party. When you team them up with the Animal Justice Party, they literally have as much pull in the upper house at a state level as do many of the what I would consider major conservative parties. And these are just wasted votes. So here's a woman covered in tats. I mean, literally covered in tats. So obviously not that concerned what people think of her, because if you were, you wouldn't be literally covered from your, you know, your sh- the, your whole shoulder to your wrist in tattoos. Typically people who do that, and good luck to them. I have a bunch of tattoos myself, but I don't have them uh, extending below where I can cover it up with a shirt. And I don't care. I really don't care what people think of me. And those who have tattoos typically don't. So I'm a bit worried about why MP Georgie Purcell is so worried about Channel 9 uh, doing a bit of a, a Photoshop on an image of her suggesting that they've made her boobs bigger and suggesting that they've altered the image because as some kind of sexual imagery um, uh, interference. And it's absolutely not that. What they've done is, and I think anyone who's ever designed the website, if you're looking for an image, sometimes you've got to crop a background, you've got to steal an image. If you've got a guest and you can't find a photo of them, you might have to find a photo 
from somewhere else. You don't want them to know where it came from. You crop around the image, which means you take out the background, you put a new background in, and sometimes you have to stretch the image, you know, vertically or horizontally just to make it fit your purposes. I would imagine that is all that, and here's me defending, believe it or not, Channel 9. I believe that's why Channel 9 probably did it, certainly not to make Miss uh, Georgie Purcell look any different, uh, certainly not to sexualize her in any way. I can't imagine that was the case. This is Channel 9. Why? How would they dare do that? And all they've really changed on the image, if you want to go and have a look on the abc.net.au website, is one of the places you can find that, is um, she's got like a, an orange band around her clothing. They've removed the band and possibly stretched the image a little bit and changed the background. But here she is being a little bit too precious for somebody who got so few votes and somebody who was a, a token vote at best. Uh, so again, I just think it's a little bit um, of a lend. It's a little bit of a lend. Um, and why me? Why me? Oh, precious me. MP Georgie Purcell, you need to get over yourself. And if you're that worried about how people might judge you, perhaps you should have rethought the tattoos. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with tattoos. I'm not a hypocrite. I do have them, but I'm prepared for people to judge me if I go around in a singlet and I have them because I have them there. And if they want to judge me, Good luck to them. I don't care. But I'm certainly not going to make a federal case out of it. If they do, uh, maybe she should move along and uh, wake up to herself. But again, somebody who wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for those throwaway votes that we have all the time when we go to the ballot box. And some of these parties, I think, are just a complete waste of time. Not that I don't care about animals. I would suggest almost everybody in politics, with the exception, yes, we know there's always a few who don't like them, but I, I would suggest almost everybody would advocate for animals and their welfare. Uh, that certainly seems to be the case uh, across the board. Now, um, if you are in Australia, you will no doubt be aware of Godfrey's, the people who have been selling vacuums. It's almost goes, it's almost synonymous, like the hill's hoist with a, you know, a clothesline. It was like almost like a generic term. I'm going to God Godfrey's, you know. So here, here they are, Godfrey's. Believe it or not, they are going into voluntary administration uh, after challenging economic times and conditions, according to them. Um, I can't say that I'm overly shocked. I'm a bit upset when an Aussie icon goes under. You know, you're certainly not going to cheer that on. You are a bit upset, but it is the world that we live in. I mean, we do live in a, the age of the internet where you can, everybody does it. You go into a Harvey Norman, you go into a Godfrey's, you look at a vacuum. The first thing I do is pull out my phone, type in the model number and see how much cheaper I can get that somewhere else. If it's an, um, another retailer, I hold them to their price guarantee where they'll match in fact, I would suggest you all do that. You'll save hundreds of dollars a year, possibly thousands if you do that. But this particular place, I have to admit, we went in to buy a vacuum cleaner. I did the Google thing. I could find it $460 um, online cheaper on a rather expensive vacuum cleaner. But um, that's probably why they're going under. And certainly uh, people are buying everything online these days. And certainly places like Harvey Norman and Bunnings, where they have a wide range of products rather than just specializing in one. And I dare say these boutique type of operations are going to go under one at a time. It's a shame, but it is the way it is. They had a whole bunch of stores, um, 193 staff, 54 stores closed already. So uh, yeah, it's not 600 people across Australia, 141 across Australia. So not great. Another icon going 
under, bite, biting the dust, but I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles. Now, are you enjoying listening to or watching TNT? Do you think that we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Uh, why not leave us a like or a positive review on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us to get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time here at today's News Talk TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, and we cross to our one of my favourite people in the whole wide world, the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Gemma, it's very sad, isn't it, when um, an icon, an iconic, you know, business that you grew up, that was a household name in your country, when you find out they're going under and all the jobs and that, it is very sad. But unfortunately, I think it's the uh, world that we live in. Well, once again, parallels between the UK and Australia with this one, because only in the last few days, a massive British retailer, again, an icon of, of my childhood, and I'm, I'm in my 50s now. So it's a, the John Lewis partnership. They have announced they're considering thousands and thousands of, of layoffs and redundancies amid the competitive marketplace, which means, you know, online. And they were one of the retailers when I was growing up that you knew you'd get quality. They're like Marks and Spencers, you know, you knew you'd get quality. They price match, they had a price guarantee. They were really um, high standard department store. And it was a real treat when I was a kid. You know, my mum would say, shall we go to John Lewis? You know, we trot <laughs> off to John Lewis and it was really glamorous and, you know, very sophisticated. But they're in trouble. They're struggling. Um, and they're actually one of the few remaining uh, retailers that actually treat their staff with some kind of dignity. You know, it's a John Lewis partnership. If you go in and work at John Lewis, you become a shareholder in the company, no matter what level of staff you are, and you get profit, dividend profits as part of that. Uh, they own the Waitrose Group, um, but they're they're in trouble too. They're, they're doing layoffs, they're doing redundancies. And they, you know, for years, they kind of stuck to their old fashioned business model. And, and as you've just rightly pointed out, everything's online, whether we agree with that or not. Um, it's taken away from the shopping experience when everything just boils down to pounds, dollars and pence. You know, all right, you might save hundreds of dollars, but I remember that it was a treat. It was a treat to go to that shop. It was it was an occasion. It was something I did with my mum. It's all gone now. Everyone's just staring at screens thinking, oh, can I save a few hundred quid? Well, that's not the sum total of human life, is it? You still have to enjoy yourself. There's more to life than saving money, but everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, you do. If you like that shopping mall experience, and I have to admit, I kind of like it, especially coming up to Christmas, I like wandering around the shops. And it's, you know, again, it's like atrophy. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And you see in America, one after another, after another of these huge, these gigantic multi-level uh, shopping malls. And they're just ghost towns. Now, they are literally ghost towns. They're manned by security staff. There's not a single business left in them. And again, if we, uh, if we don't uh, participate and help these businesses that we enjoy, going to that we like the security of having there um yeah we're going to lose them so we really do need to think about that uh next time we opt to save a dollar instead yeah i think the damage is done i think i think most of human life is carried out on screens now whether whether we agree with it whether we like it whether it's good for us all those arguments are kind of almost redundant it is how we are living there are all kinds of you know arguments about the transhumanist aspect of that where we have more of an intimate relationship with a technical device than we do with people around us i mean the famous british artist banksy uh, did that um a, a amazing uh, picture on the back of a door here in the uk which somebody tried to nick but it was of the it was called the lovers and it was a man and a woman in an embrace and both of them are looking at their mobile phones over the other person's shoulder <laughs> so you know that's that's a very uh, um, yeah. succinct take on where we are with our relationship with technology and it does affect every area of society including shopping but uh, you know just before i go on to the story of the day here in the uk you know it, it it's kind of like 
corporations for a long time that they got away with charging quite high prices you know i would go say to john lewis the, the retailer that's also struggling and the prices you know you, you pay through the nose for products but you kind of thought you were getting quality now you look back and you realize they just had a huge markup on profit yeah. they you know corporate profit corporate greed and the internet has stripped all the, the bells and whistles away so you can save money because you're not paying for shop front shop windows the rental on properties that that's the real cost of the product you know what you were paying for before was the experience so yeah. You know, they made a lot of money out of us, and they, you know, but those those days are gone. So I suppose I'm trying to see a positive to the to the use of um, online shopping, and that is, you know, at least you get the product, you know, at the, at the cost of the product, and you're not paying for everything else. But still, it is a little soulless. Anyway, talking talking of soulless, um, I, I, we we talk about you and I, we discuss the um, entertainment industry quite a lot on this show. You know, you talk about Disney a lot, and we talk about you know films, um, but there's a, a huge inquiry in the UK that's gone into the music industry and, and the position of women in the music industry. And I'm sure this doesn't just apply to the <clears throat> music industry in the UK, the findings that have come out today, which are absolutely shocking, and they've made headlines right across uh, all of the, uh, the major outlets. But basically, um, the, a group of cross-party MPs have been uh, looking at this for quite some months now, taking evidence from many stars, female stars in the music industry, many of which are household names, probably not just here in the UK, but across the world. Um, some people have waived their right to anonymity, but they haven't gone into specifics. There's a former BBC Radio 1 DJ and there's a former uh, talent competition winner who has kind of come out and said how bad sexism, misogyny, sexual abuse, sexual assault uh, and uh, rape within the music industry. It's so bad. Uh, some women have been forced to sit at award ceremonies next to people who've abused them, raped them, assaulted them, uh, and they're too scared to speak out for fear of what it will do to their careers and also because they don't think they'll be believed. So MPs have been looking at this. They've today come out with a series of recommendations about changing the Equalities Act to protect freelance female workers in the music industry and putting more investment into the music industry so that more, more women will want to go into it. It's not just performers and artists. It says that women are underrepresented in key roles in the music industry, things like management, uh, gig organizing, the whole, the whole spectrum of jobs across the industry is affected by the fact that men basically have a run a very closed shop. Uh, women struggle to get in, women struggle to uh, prove their worth. They're judged mostly on their appearances. Um, but there's a huge number of non-disclosure agreements that have had to be signed. And MPs want that to be removed if, if there is a case regarding sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment or misconduct, then they want uh, NDAs to be null and void in an attempt to encourage women to come forward. Whether that will work or not, I don't know. But the head of this cross-party committee who's been looking at this for months says really what we need is a transformative change in the behaviour of men uh, to stop this problem. Well, I mean, good luck with that because obviously this is how the music industry has been working since its, its inception. That's what it looks like here. Uh, one uh, former Radio 1 DJ, Annie Mack, she's very, very, very well known, probably not just in the UK, but around the world. She does gigs everywhere at festivals. She said there is a tidal wave of revelations about sexual assault against women in the music industry waiting to come out. She says that the music industry is yet to have its me too moment, like, uh, like Hollywood. Uh, she says it's exactly the same, but nobody's been brave enough to come out and, and, and point the finger like they did at Harvey Weinstein. Um, um, and basically, the change is needed. Uh, so that's where we are with the music industry. I very much doubt whether it just applies to the music industry in the UK. I'm sure this is a problem globally, which is why men have been able to uh, essentially on the face of it get away with this type of behavior. Whether we see change as a result of this, 
I don't know. I won't hold my breath. These kind of cultural ways of working are very, very difficult to change. They take decades. Yeah, no, it's a shame. Uh, men, typically the perpetrators, but men also sometimes the victims. A video that's currently going viral on, you know, Twitter, Facebook and whatever, one of those shorts. It's a guy who supposedly, who doesn't say his name, uh, was an up-and-coming comedian, him and another well-known online comedian whose name I won't mention because we can't verify this particular story, but basically saying that the both of them were in a room with two Hollywood execs who said, I can further your career, provided both of you perform certain acts. Uh, one of them, the one who is known now apparently did at the time, the other one walked out, and that was a video that had uh, several million hits yesterday. Um, he did name the young comedian, and uh, I don't know if it's true or not, this young comedian's on, undergone uh, a couple of uh, issues lately for making some statements that would upset some people of the left. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was just an attack on him. But certainly I would uh, assume that uh, there are uh, a bunch of male victims as well. But this whole Me Too movement, it's uh, been good in that it's uh, awoken us to what's been going on. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world need to uh, find their way to jail and hopefully moving forward uh, we'll, we'll get the right people in the right jobs and for all of the right reasons. Uh, thank you, Gemma Cooper. We appreciate you, Gemma. Of course, we'll be back next hour with Sonia Poulton and uh, back with me tomorrow uh, about this time. I'm very excited. He's back. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au coming up right here after this break. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping a hundred on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. We don't rock. rock. We talk. talk. Today's News Talk. TNT Radio. I'll tell you what, and if you want the latest tech and you're not sure what to get, there's only one place to go, techguide.com.au. And the guy you will find on there, his name is Stephen Fennick, the best in the business. And we've got him here with us today. G'day, Stephen. Hey, G'day, Dean. Yeah, going well, thanks, mate. Good to be back with you. Mate, great, great to have you back, mate. I've been busy on my shopping. I, I ordered yesterday, and I don't know how I'm going to fit it, one of those 57-inch Samsung Odyssey screens. 
So I've, I've got that and I've got my brand new S24 Ultra that I'm absolutely yep. um, loving. Mate. I'm, so a, some... I'm actually using the Ultra right now, mate. Yeah, she's a beauty, the S24. Yeah, it comes out next week. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that uh, that's a pretty solid monitor you got there too, mate. The whole the wrap the wraparound monitor, that's a serious, serious business you must be doing there. Mate, I'm, I'm not getting it for gaming. I'm getting it for doing this because I need oh, that much okay. information um, around me when I do it. And, by the way, people who are waiting – for that, I ordered it, um, pre-ordered it through Harvey Norman and picked it up uh, a few days ago up in their store. So I don't know what the yeah. official release date is, but if you order one from Harvey Norman, yeah. uh, and I quite like Jerry Harvey because politically I think he's done a few things uh, that a lot of other um, people wouldn't have the guts to do in business, and yeah. I'm a big fan of his and that. Mate, now, if I told people they might be putting a nuclear battery in <laughs> their pocket, they'd laugh at me, but... Uh, I t tell me, I think that might be the case imminently. Yeah, there's a, a Chinese startup has uh, they've released details of this upcoming battery. So it, it it's one and a half centimeters by one and a half centimeters and and half a centimeter thick. So imagine it's a tiny little nuclear reactor with all, all these isotopes going on and. That generates electricity. These reactions inside generate electricity that can last up to 50 years. This would be an absolute game changer for the consumer electronics industry. We're talking having a phone you'll never have to charge, having a tablet you'll never have to charge, flying a drone for hours, 24-7, you could fly a drone. And down the track, as the technology improves and actually gets bigger, imagine this sort of technology in powering an electric vehicle. So you could be driving for weeks before wow. you even need to look at a recharge, potentially months. So this is pretty pretty uh, cutting-edge technology. This this Chinese company has uh, – it's called Better Vault, and they are, they are on the verge of releasing this. And it may, this this could this could change the way we use our consumer electronics. Of course, the people out there will be asking, you know, how do you dispose of these things if they get out there into the mainstream? And there's lots and lots of people taking them to the tip, getting crushed. Is yeah. that going to be an issue? I mean, I guess they're things we're going to have to worry well, about. But you if don't we have can... to worry about it for fifty years, though. It's uh, <laughs> and they're saying they're saying that yeah, you know, wherever there's nuclear involved, there is some slight radiation. There's beta radiation, and they reckon the radiation's no worse than an X-ray. But there's shielding on the battery and on the device that you'll probably have it, which can shield your body from any type of harm. So, uh, for those who are a little worried about that. They've already addressed it. The radiation level is so low, they're even saying that this battery could be used in medical devices. You could use it in, in a pacemaker or on a cochlear implant. So that's how low the level of radiation would be, plus it to be shielded. So safe to use inside your body, so safe to use in a mobile device. Well, wow, it really is a complete game changer. Um, mate, the amount of applications that we could think of, yeah. we'd be here, you know, for a, a year talking about them. But getting back to the thing that you're holding in front of you, the S24 Ultra, yeah. uh, Samsung now bringing AI into everybody's pocket. Uh, tell people a bit about that. Yeah, well, this is uh, Galaxy AI, I, I think, has provided this with one of the biggest updates year to year that I've seen on a smartphone. There are some slight hardware adjustments. There's a slightly better screen, a little design tweak. The cameras have improved. But in terms of the software, Galaxy AI, is, uh, it, it is next level in terms of like helping you 
across all aspects of your life in terms of you know, finding information, helping you create content, edit your photos, edit your videos, uh, even how not to, even saves you from sending an inappropriate text message. There's a feature called <laughs> Chat Assist. This yeah. could be this could save people's employment. So imagine you're texting your boss or someone close to you, and you're you're texting them the miss message. The phone will look at the content of your message, look at who you're sending it to, and say, you know what, this is your boss. Are you sure you want to maybe talk to him like this? Maybe try this and it'll give you a more professional version or a more formal version. So it'll give you the option rather than saying, hey, mate, what are you doing or, or whatever, or, or sort of asking for something. And, you know, you know, it's like tone is very hard to, uh, to judge in a message. Yeah. So being able to get that tone right could mean the difference in you getting a job, keeping your job, keeping your partner, all these things that it could help you with. So one of many examples where it's got your back. Translation, another another area where breaks down a lot of barriers. So in I did a video on Tech Guide when I first got hold of the phone. I called. Uh, they set up a, a Korean woman so I could pretend I'm making a, a restaurant booking. And if I was in Korea, that would be a hard thing to do because I don't speak Korean, and I'm assuming the woman at the other end doesn't have the the best grasp of English either. But in real time, it was able to take my voice, translate it, transcribe it, and then vice versa. She was able to answer in Korean, translate it into English, transcribe so I could read it as well. So it, it, within two minutes, I was able to make a restaurant booking where normally that language would have been the barrier. So that's just two examples of what we're going to see with the S24, uh, and that's all powered by Galaxy AI. Uh, but it also begs the question, What's Apple's response? Uh, I've always thought, like late last year, Microsoft released Copilot for Windows 11 AI. That that's ChatGPT. Microsoft were an early investor in ChatGPT and are now reaping the benefits there with Copilot. Now we're seeing Galaxy AI. So we've got Samsung, Microsoft, two of the biggest rivals for Apple. What's next for them? My my info is that they're working on a pretty big update for iOS 18, which is the the next version of their software for the iPhone that will have to include AI. And whether Siri, how much AI enhancement they'll give Siri, how much it'll be enhanced through their apps, that's what we'll probably find out when the Worldwide Developers Conference kicks off in June. Do you think this will always be something that is a value-added thing for buying? Well, it is the case for the S24, but my 15-year-old son, who is now the proud owner of my S23 Ultra, and he loves it, um, said that there was talk of the up of the operating system being upgraded on the phone to yeah. include AI on the S23 Ultra a little bit later. Yeah, potentially, it all depends too on the processor. You really have an a you need to have an AI engine, a neural engine on the device as well to process just the sheer processing power required. So maybe there might be enough strength in the S twenty three, perhaps even the S twenty two. But one thing I've heard as well is that the Galaxy AI is going to remain free for a couple of years. I've read that in twenty twenty five, Galaxy AI is something you'll have to pay for. Yeah. So it's not something that's included with your device as it will be this year and into next year, but something that is going to be almost like a subscription service. So yet another subscription service where you've got to pay yearly, monthly to get that feature. I'm thinking if you put your money down for the phone and this is the software's part of the deal, 
then I think you should get it for free. We don't know whether that's going to be the case. The the indication is it's going to become a subscription service from next year onwards. Mate, hold that thought. Lots more to ask you. We've got to do a brief news headlines here at TNT. Then we'll be back with techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, stick around. I got news for you. TNT Radio News. It's about time. with a look at your TNT headlines. The US Secretary of State has warned tensions in the Middle East are at their highest in more than half a century. Since at least 1973, and arguably uh, even, uh, even before that. France is witnessing a revolution as farmers revolt against ludicrous climate policies, and tech billionaire Elon Musk has announced his Neuralink company has successfully implanted one of its brain chips into a human for the first time. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. And he's back. I'm talking Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. If you're looking at buying anything that is technology related, you need to get onto the website. There are lots of videos, lots of uh, editorials. Then uh, he's across it all. He goes around the world. He uh, sees the best stuff before it ever comes out and he can tell you what to get. Uh, something that really impressed me the other day on this S24 Ultra, Stephen, I was out midday going into the RSL down at Swansea for lunch. And I'm looking at the phone and I'm realizing I can see this phone perfectly well outdoors in the midday sun. That screen is brighter than any screen I've ever seen on a phone. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the 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 br average brightness, so the nits have increased from last year, but they do have a, a what they call brightness booster. So when it senses it's out in bright sunlight, the actual brightness of the screen accommodates that setting. So it's sort of it's almost like an ambient light detector that can tell you whether you know if you're in a, a normal average lit room, you don't need the same level of brightness as if you're out in the sun, and that that's a feature that was actually introduced on the S23, and we've seen it now brought across to the S24. And and just another example, one of the best screens on a device I've seen. Like this, this is the S24 has really gone to the next level here. Goes on sale on February the seventh, but lucky luckily uh, I've had this for a little while, been using it, but no the screen always the AMOLED screen has always been uh fantastic on, on the Samsung and what I like too is the the camera on on the Samsung what impresses everyone is the zoom on the S24 and I, I was over at St George St George Sailing Club for on Australia Day and I was looking over at the nearby bridge and I was zooming I was showing everyone have a look at the zoom on this and I was zooming in right to the bridge you could you could see the individual bricks and the marks on the bridge from where we were at the sailing club so, uh, and, and the beauty of that too is that you can also, it kind of has a focus lock. You know, when you do the 100 times zoom and the pictures used to be bouncing around, it was very hard to get a lock, but it actually has a focus lock now. So if you're looking at something, it'll it'll keep it right there in frame so you can take your photo. So if you're taking a photo maybe of the stars, of the moon, of something, it, hang, it keeps it right in the middle of the frame. No, it's it's very clever, very well, um, very similar looking, I should say, also to the S23 Ultra to the point, I'll just hold this up uh, to those that have the camera, that's my S23 case 
on yep. my S23 Ultra, and it almost fits. You can see it's a little bit out where it's the cameras are. It's a bit tight on the cameras, yeah. I tried <laughs> the same thing. I've actually got the – I've got the – one of the cases that the, for the S24, it's, it's the grip case, so I can actually – see, there's a strap here that I can I actually like hold on to, but I can also lock it into place and then use that as a stand so I can sit that on my desk and watch YouTube or whatever I want to watch a movie or whatever. And that, that's that's one of the cases that are designed that from Samsung that's coming with the S24 as well. That's clever, mate, because their cases never used to impress me. That one has immediately impressed you've me. Got to, you've got to protect your investment, mate. You've got to get a case on this thing. It's, <laughs> they're not cheap. You've got to look after it. You certainly do. Is that is that Wi-Fi charging friendly as well, that one? It is, yeah, yeah. You can, you can put this on a, on a wireless charger. I, I put it in my car and it still charges the phone as well. So, yeah, it does a great job protecting the phone but also giving you that added, added grip, mate. If you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose hold of this, but uh, yeah, the, the uh, S24, I'm very impressed with it. I've got to say, um, the the ball's in Apple's court here. They, they've got a few months before we see the new iPhone in September, but uh, we will see the software update anyway in June. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Apple responds to this. I'd say that their response is going to be pretty strong. So I guess people would be asking, what does a techguide.com.au guy um, use as his daily driver phone? Uh, well, I knew usually it's funny because the the Samsung comes out in the first half of the year, and I normally rock that till till about June. And then once I go to the developers conference with Apple, I, I pop in, uh, I go back to the iPhone and probably hang around on the iPhone till the new iPhone comes out. So it's about I, I actually spend about six months on each platform. So I, I'm absolutely down the middle, mate. I know that's probably not the answer you wanted, but <laughs> I, I do I do have to change phones quite often because I'm reviewing different devices quite often. And when I'm on Android, I try to uh, review other devices, other Android devices, because it is a bit of a pain moving from iPhone to Android and back again. And all iMessage is one of those things where you need to turn it off before you go to Android. And my wife, she gets, she's the first person I I, may, I text to say, look, make sure you got this and reply to me. <laughs> she gets sick of it. That happening all the time. But um, word is, though, that that problem may go away when they introduce iOS 18. They're going to adopt RCS messaging, rich communication services. So the whole idea of iMessage being its own little exclusive social network, they are going to actually, I think, make iMessage for Android as well. So you'll be able to message each other Android to iPhone and have all your photos not, that don't not compressed videos in their full quality, read receipts, typing indicators. So all the things you see within iMessage is now, I think, going to be included between iPhone and Android as well. Yeah, mate. And long overdue, you know, nothing worse than someone sends you a photo and it's grainy and it's pixelated. Yeah. Mate, 2024, what can we expect? What new gadgets are, are imminent that people should be excited about? Well, uh, the Apple Vision Pro is about to be released in the US. That's their, that's that AR, VR headset that we saw for the first time in June last year. I actually got to try it at the Worldwide Developers Conference. It is absolutely amazing. Wait till you see this. It comes out in the US in uh, early February. Pre-orders are already underway. We don't know. Probably around the middle of the year, we'll see it here in Australia. If people uh, don't buy it from America, I'm going back to see Souths play in Vegas in a month. So I might actually bring one back with me to, so, I can, so I can use it ahead of time. But uh, yeah, expect that's going to be absolutely. Uh, you'll see a lot of developers that have created amazing apps for that. So keep an eye out for that one, mate. That's going to that's going to almost have ch change that industry. Like we've had VR for a long time, but once Apple gets involved, it's sort of the rising tide lifting all boats. VR is going to be something we're going to, we're going to be hearing about all year.
Yeah, I, I can only imagine how good it is. My son just got the new uh, uh, Zuckerberg offering. Yeah, the, the MetaQuest the, 3. The MetaQuest I've, I've used yeah. that too. Yeah, that's great. I've got that myself, and that, that's that's very high quality. In fact, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had a little slight dig at Apple when that was released. He was sort of <laughs> saying, why spend thousands of dollars when the MetaQuest 3 at a fraction of the price can almost give you the same experience? Well, MetaQuest 3, I've used it, and I'll tell you right now, it's not as good as the Vision Pro. The Vision Pro is absolutely next level. But mate, the other one, it is a bit of a bargain when you compare it. Mate, one thing I'd love to talk to you about after you go there is, you know, going and watching, you know, the footy over in Las Vegas. That's something brand new. I really hope that takes off because um, it could be a game changer uh, for our sport here in Australia. But that would be a sure. wonderful experience. Can't wait, mate. Yeah, it's uh, early uh, March the 2nd, the game is, uh, US time, which will be early or oh, midday March the 3rd here in Australia. And my Rabbitohs, of course, taken on Manly and there's Roosters playing the Broncos in a doubleheader at Allegiant Stadium, which is where they're going to hold the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. So wow. three weeks after the Super Bowl, the Rabbitohs and the, the Eagles and the Roosters and the Broncos are going to be going around showing uh, showing these Americans what real football's like. I've all, I saw when I was in Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, I saw some ads for the game and the, the ads were all about no helmets no pads come and watch the real the real stars from australia so yeah looking forward to it mate i love it i know we're going to have a bunch of people going over i know we're going to have a bunch of expats over there we're going to go watch it is there any kind of feedback as to how many yanks we might actually get out there yeah, at the games? there's a bit of interest the ticket sales are going very well more than what they thought that they'd get there legion stadiums are quite a big stadium it's like a 70 80 000 seat stadium so yep. uh it it's it, uh the ticket sales are actually doing pretty well so yeah i think there's a lot of curiosity around there and i think russell crowe's got involved i think david letterman and billy crystal there was some sort of uh little prank that they play that they'd bought the South City Rabbitohs. So that's a little bit of free publicity for the Rabbitohs there. But no, it is really generating interest. There's a lot of, I think the curiosity factor will be pretty high there. A lot of Americans will go. And of course, a lot of expats and also a lot of people like myself traveling over there for it. Well, mate, it sounds great, mate. It's great to have you back. And everybody, if you want any kind of advice, any kind of information on tech, you go to techguide.com.au. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's all relevant and go and check it out. Stephen Fennick is the man. Mate, we'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot, Dean. Take care, mate. Stick around, everybody. We've got David Curtin coming up. He's the leader and the founding member of the Heritage Party over there in the UK. He's woken up very early to chat. I'm very excited about any party that gives the people a real chance moving forward. And we're going to speak to him right after this. This is TNT. My name's Stacy. I'm 57 and I was adopted in 2020. We were adopted in 2019. And we were adopted in 2021. We had a house. Um, and it sounds crazy, but it wasn't a home. The one thing that Jake and Emma brought is it became a home. When I met Dakota, he had just turned 14. You weren't there for the first this and the first that. I missed the first words, but we got a lot of other firsts. I'm watching her say, oh my God, I cannot believe I got my license. And she's like, I passed. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> See them grow. It is. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. You. And you. Kids in the middle. What I thought was a complete life was nowhere near complete. <laughs> but it is now. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. 
yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Too many terrorists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. You'll be very excited, not just those of you over in the UK, but those of you here in Australia, those of you who like One Nation, those of you who like the United Australia Party, because any leader who is of a conservative party who are giving the people an actual voice is somebody who is indeed a champion of the people. And David Curtin is such a person. Uh, he's a leader of one, uh, and he's one of the founding members of the Heritage Party in the UK. He served on the London Assembly from May of 2016 to May of 2021 and sat on on the Education, Environment, Fire and Emergency Housing and Transport Committees at City Hall. David is an outspoken critic of the attack on family, culture and religion, and we have him on the program this morning. G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dean. It's very, it's very, very early here in the UK, but good to be up to talk to you. I, I love what you're doing. I love, I mean, I can just see the enthusiasm on your face. You're raring to go. You're raring for a fight and it's going to be one hell of a fight ahead. And I'm glad that we've got people like you fighting it on behalf of, of the, the, the people over in the UK, because boy, don't we need a champion at the moment after the last three or four years. I think people are just completely flabbergasted by what's happened over the last three or four years, starting in 2020 with the lockdowns and then injections and then the war narrative with Ukraine and then the Middle East. And now uh, they're talking up conscription this week, which is completely unnecessary. And it's like the governments are at war with the people. You know, we're supposed to be fighting enemies abroad with our military, but they've got actual you know, military behavioral psychology units in order to try to control and manipulate people to get them to take these injections, for example, to accept transgenderism, which has been mainstreamed into culture and, you know, 20 other things that I could think of, which are actually attacking our culture and attacking individuals and their mental health and their financial health and even their, their lives and their physical health in some ways. And uh, this has been pushed by what I call the Uniparty, and many people are starting to, to call them the Uniparty in this country and uh, in, you know, across the world where you've got, you know, here we've got what I call the fake conservatives and you've got the Labour Party that's got nothing to do with the labouring man anymore and they're actually you know, co coalesced 
into uh, a uniparty which has got the same program, the same policies, and they're all militating against ordinary people. So we need a choice. And that's why I set up the Heritage Party in 2020 to just have a manifesto which is uh, written in terms of positive principles, which will restore our nation and just get back to what everybody thought was common sense 20, 30, 40 yeah. years ago, before all of this crazy stuff started to happen. And of course, you hit the nail on the head with the word common sense with the term uni party or the duopoly, as I call it. I was up, I had four days off, uh, I think it was last week, up on the Gold Coast, uh, lovely place. And it was a young magician doing an act, uh, you know, a busker, doing a terrific act. And the whole time he's doing the act, it reminded me of the uni party because they create these things to distract us. L lunatic fringe ideas. And one side creates the idea, the other side you know, defends it or, or pretends to be against it, I should say. And we go for that party solely because they're advocating against something that is nonsensical. But meanwhile, full bipartisan support when it comes to everything that is doing irrevocable harm to not just, you know, your your nation over there, but in lockstep, you know, with the globalists here in Australia, uh, over in the U, um, in sorry, in the uh, Canada, United States, in New Zealand, all the same things happening almost at the same time. We've got to wake up real soon. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, where people in the, the centre-right, the centre-left parties, along with the mainstream media and everybody who's behind them are starting to push narratives in instantly, immediately on the same day all over the world. And you can tell that this is a programme that they've got something, they're up to something. And yeah, you have them working in lockstep. That's a very key word that people understand now. But then there are these, you know, a small, there's a very, very small Overton window when you're allowed uh, differences of opinion within this tiny, tiny area. So you get... Um you know, this creates the situation where people stick to what they've done before, which is almost tribal voting. They vote fake conservative because they don't like Labour, they like them even less. Or some people vote Labour because they like the Tories, the fake conservatives even less. But then they're getting the same thing. Um, they're getting the programmes of the World Economic Forum, the United Nations and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. And, and you know, even the programme of cultural Marxism, which uh, it comes essentially from Marx's communist manifesto. And what that says is they want to create a revolution and win their revolution, they would get rid of nation states, they'll get rid of the traditional family, they'll get rid of private property, and they'll get rid of Christianity. Those are the four things that the Marxist uh, communist manifesto says they get rid of. And, you know, not many people have read that today because it was written and published in 1848. But you can see the programmes of the World Economic Forum are essentially doing the same thing. They're trying to take those things away from us, which we need in order to have a healthy society and replace it with something that is, you know, at, at least, you know, to say the least, very unhealthy, but also tyrannical and totalitarian. And we need to stand against it. Yeah, and they're not just trying. I mean, they're doing a bloody good job of it. I mean, they're a fair way. They're halfway to it. They're no longer even hiding what they want to do. They used to have to hide in the background and do it inch by inch, incrementally. That's how we got from there to here. Uh, but now they're of such strength. They have such backing. They have infiltrated the woodwork to the point where they're just actively in our face. So we have been too quiet for too long. I think we are the silent majority. And I think the silent majority is looking for someone exactly like you, David Curtin, and your party to go and lead them uh, into a better future. Because if we don't act now, I mean, if we sincerely don't act right now, it's going to be way too late. 
Well, absolutely. And the thing is, this is a great year to act because there are elections all over the world. I mean, in the UK, we've got local elections in May. We've got London elections in May. There's also going to be a general election at some time this year. We don't know exactly when it's going to be. I think it probably will be in the autumn, but that will be at a similar time to the US presidential election as well, where people have got a choice, you know, either to keep on going with what they've got or bring back Trump or somebody who's going to, you know, fight against this agenda. But that's what I want to do here in the UK and just restore freedom and uh, and liberty and traditional family values and self-sufficiency and skills and stop mass immigration, which is uh, replacing the population, you know, not slowly. It was slowly at first, but now it's very, very brazen and uh, in your face. So all of these things, you know, the transgender agenda is um, being pushed through by the Tories in England, by the SNP in Scotland, by Labour in Wales. So there you've got another example of where there's a fake dichotomy, but they're all doing the same thing in the jurisdictions that they got power over. So yeah, the silent majority need to kind of wake up and start Please come and start supporting me if you're in the UK. Join us in the Heritage Party. Stand to be a candidate. Vote for us at least. Um, support us. But, you know, I I can't do this on my own. There's 650 um, seats up for grabs in the general election. I want to build a team of 650 people to come and join me and stand to try to take back our nation. So at least people have got a choice of someone to vote for um, because there is no other choice. You, you, you've got four parties in Parliament, Tory, Labour, Lib Dem, Green, they're all pushing the same agenda. And, you know, with the Greens as well, all the climate nonsense, which is um, dismantling our energy infrastructure, which essentially is going to make everybody poor and impoverished as well. I mean, that's another thing um, to add to the list of things that are militating against individuals and businesses and industry and our nation and our prosperity. So really, we've got to we've got to take action now, like you said, it's very urgent, but I'm really glad I set up the Heritage Party in the UK um, four years ago now, nearly four years ago. So we got a chance now. And, um, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, making links with other parties that are similar around the world. You know, yeah. like you mentioned, the United Australia, uh, One Nation Party in Australia and um, the the, the uh, AFD in Germany, for example. So um, we got a chance with these parties. So let's make a difference. Now, I love that you're advocating for people not not just to vote, but to stand up and stand as a candidate, something that I swore I would never do. And I've I've done it three times now. And uh, you meet some terrific people. You make some great friends uh, along the way. It's something that I, that I would advocate for. And you can look your kids in the face and say, you know what, mum or dad, we knew there was a problem and we stood up. We stood up with people such as David Curtin and we tried to make a difference. And that, that is, uh, makes it a lot easier to sleep at night, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to do this. And yeah, you know, one of the things that I've seen is a little meme going around sort of in the COVID time is that, you know, if you ever wondered what you'd have done in the 1930s in Germany, well, now you know, because you know whether you were silent and just went along with everything or, you know, you didn't speak out or, you know, if you did speak out and, you know, those people who've had the courage um, to join me and others and speaking out, you know, we know who we are and, uh, you know, we know we can look ourselves in the mirror and not feel 
feel ashamed that we did something, we stood up to it. And, you know, because we did at that time, our movement is growing and more people are joining us, more people are waking up to what's going on and more people are seeing the need for a solution and, uh, you know, that it is possible to change things and get involved in politics and do that and uh, turn things around for the better. So, you know, thank you. I just say thank you to everybody who supports me and who is uh, doing the same thing and is is trying to turn the world the right way up. See, I, I can't imagine that in the next decade, a party such as yours, the Heritage Party, wouldn't become a major party because we now know, you know, the uni party, the gig's up. I mean, there are no conservatives. They've squeezed out all of the good ones. Most of my really good regular guests are ex-Liberal Party MPs at federal and state level uh, who advocated for things that were true, who were right, and they weren't offered pre-selection or they were kicked out or they went and started their own parties. So all of the good pe people are being squeezed out. And now the voters are starting to realise that we don't have any good people in what used to be our conservative option or what appeared to be that. But now that we've got parties such as the Heritage Party. I, I really do think yeah, over the next uh, election or two, people are really going to start to wake up and go, we have to start taking these parties seriously. They have to be our major parties and they need to rule this nation. Yeah, absolutely. And in the UK, we've had um, seven or eight by-elections have happened in the last year. And the ruling party, the Tories, the fake Conservatives, have lost all of those by-elections, bar one, I think, um, which and there was something, you know, strange going on there because of things are specifically happening in London. But the others, they've lost them all. And the thing is, they lost them not because the other parties, the opposition parties, gained more votes. It's because their votes collapsed by... 20 to 30,000 people each time. So their voters are just switching off because they're so disgusted by them. And, you know, in this country, you've had the specific situation where um, they had a new leader, Liz Truss, who was voted in by the party, but then she was squeezed out by the loser of the previous leadership election, <laughs> Rishi Sunak, who's now elected. He's unelected, but he's the prime minister. And people are completely disgusted by it. So they're turning off to them. And uh, the next stage is for people to come and join us and vote for the Heritage Party. So we're here to make a difference and we're just waiting for everyone to jump on board and uh, and uh, do that. Do it. Let's make a difference and change our country back for the better. Now, a question that I ask every time I talk to a party leader of a party, an up and coming party, is what were you doing 20 years ago? And did you ever see yourself doing what you're doing today? Did you ever expect to have to fight the fight you're fighting now 20 years ago? That is a very good question. I mean, 20 years ago, I was a chemistry teacher because that's what I did for 20 years or so before I got into politics um, in, in 2012. And uh, no, I never thought of it. I, I mean, I was, uh, I think 20 years ago, I was probably, I was in London and uh, I was teaching chemistry. I was just enjoying being a young man in London and I, you know, minding my own business and, you know, going to the theatre, going out, whatever. And, uh, I, you know, th these these things that we have today were not even things Things that were on our minds. And uh, yeah, I, I, you just look back, you know, even 10 years ago, and you think, well, what's happening now is absolutely insane. And, you know, I, I, I never imagined 20 years ago that I would be, first of all, standing in parliament and then leading a political party. So yeah, this is, this is quite different. <laughs> now, tell me if my information is correct. I, I had a little bird just tell me you'll be starting here at TNT. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> yes, I will be. And uh, I'm so looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be joining you on TNT and I'm going to be hosting a show um, at lunchtime in UK time. So that's going to be starting um, soon um, in a week or two. So uh, that is very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I, yes. I love that. I just had a little pop up and I'm, I'm, I got excited. They didn't say I couldn't say anything. So sorry if I let the cat out of the bag, but I was immediately <laughs> excited when I read it. I, I think I think that'll do wonders um, uh, for the party as well. And mate, it'll give you a platform to go and talk to people. You know, I mean, not that you don't have a bunch of pretty bloody good platforms as it is, but you can never have enough when you're doing the work that you're doing. But it's amazing how many people, you know, when I ask, uh, you know, here was I, an IT guy, you know, with a, an internet company, you know, 20 odd years ago and fought my way to get into radio solely because there was nobody on radio doing the job that they were supposed to do, which is advocating for the people, advocating for the truth. I mean, I got sacked a couple of times. One, one of them was for telling people that this uh, COVID vaccine may not be as safe as it was and getting people here like Craig Kelly from former Liberal Party squeezed out for, for advocating for hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all the things mm. that have proven to be correct over time. So, mate, it, it's our intuition. It is our gut that we've been forced to do the right thing, mate. And that's why I think, you know, people can read, you know, someone who's genuine. You are genuine times a 10 to the power of 100. I think you're absolutely terrific, mate. And I'm really glad that uh, uh, you're going to be a fellow presenter here at TNT. And I think the audience um, and the I'm reading the comments, they're pretty excited too. That's great. I'm so looking forward to starting. And, you know, the uh, TNT is a fantastic um, station, you know, it, it allows free speech. And actually, you know, you get people on who just advocate for common sense, which you don't see in almost any of the other mainstream media channels. I mean, I wouldn't call this mainstream as such, because, you know, I get sidelined from those channels because they only want someone on who's going to push the agenda, who's going to push climate alarmism, who's going to push um, Black Lives Matter, who's going to push mass immigration. And, you know, if you're against those things, you just have common sense. You don't have a platform. So I'm and very great. David, we got, we got nine seconds. Love that you're coming aboard, mate. You talk from the heart. You're about as honest as it gets. Welcome aboard, mate. I wish you well. And you and I will talk again. Sonia Fulton coming up next.